Associations may be disorganized, and time and space relationships are lost. Appreciate it, man. It's good to have you fucking back. It's the fucking return of Dude Cog. Yeah. I love these effects on this new little mixer. This thing works uh, definitely a little bit better than the um, than the MP4 does, for sure, for this sort of thing. Did anybody ever... Did, did we say anything about the the name? Because pe- People Cog? ask. Yeah, people ask all the time. Are you gay? I mean, what the what is well, that? Let's explain to the people what the name is, actually. <laughs> So my name Probably is. I want to talk a little closer to the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, my name is Guy Johnson. Guy Johnson here on the Hippie Speedball Podcast, aka Dudecock. I love it. <laughs> I love that shit, and it's tattooed on your knuckles too. Right, but that's something they can't see in a podcast, though. So I not yet. We're going to be getting video on soon, though. <laughs> nice. be getting video on very soon. Oh God! I actually have people hitting me up to start doing video, so I'm going to be possibly looking into you know them. But I mean, I kind of want to keep certain things in house right now. But, mm-hmm. And thanks for bringing the joint, man. We're sipping Heck on the yeah. Folgers. I got some more eggnog in my coffee. You black the, Betty. You got some Black Betty. Smoking Black Betty. Wham, blam. Smoking Black what Betty. Wham, blam. Black Betty, 23.6% with 1% CBD. Mm. Nice. It's a, uh, it's a sativa. Ooh, I love side of us. Yes. And you brought the little Pendle, uh, some Pendleton whiskey, too, man. I love it. You come bearing all sorts of gifts. It's good stuff. Oh, man. So there's uh, so a couple things I wanted to talk about in the last podcast we never got into um i was curious i was going to ask more about rendered useless sure so how did rendered useless start tell me how you guys met like how did it form who started what well let's see a number of years ago um i met a guitarist i tried out for this band and we we had the band called first in line um singer was nick or uh omar cripps played guitar i played bass and then we had a series of different drummers um, the, the act fell apart in, I think like 2006 and, uh, over the next Sorry. couple of years, um, I was, uh, well, first I should say I fired Omar from the band. Oh shit. Okay. It's <coughs> the only time I've ever been called on to fire somebody from a band before. And it's not fun. I've had to do it before. Well, it was his band too. And, you know, unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, once he was gone and the, the singer was like, yeah, now we can do all this, this, this. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we play these tunes? He goes, oh, well, those are Omar's songs. So literally we went from like two hours worth of music to 10 minutes worth of music. Oh shit, man. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the, at the time it was fine. I mean, we wrote some more material, but the, the project ended up falling apart. Yeah. So Omar and I stayed in touch and I was briefly, uh, I did a stint in a band called Anchored Down, um, a guy named Alex Hudgen, Hudgen, Hudgen. And were uh, they based out of Portland? Yeah. yeah Anchored yeah. Down. Okay. Nice. And, uh, was that a punk band as well? Yeah. Sweet. Um, kind of like, uh, uh, Lawrence Arms, things like that. Okay. Along those okay. Lines. Nice. Um, uh, well, I'm a huge Gaslight Anthem fan, but that's, yeah. that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Omar had um come to a show with anchor down anchor down was doing really good and we we'd played this little mini tour and we're on our way back from seattle and i drop off the guys drop off the gear you know i'd go home and i tried to log into our myspace page couldn't get into it 
which was common with MySpace, you know. Yeah, right. Fucking so MySpace. I didn't think much of it. And then <coughs> next morning, I try and log in again. See, on the way home from Seattle, we'd actually gotten an email from uh, a record company down in the Bay Area. And they wanted us to come down. Hell yeah. What and, label? Uh, I don't remember now. Oh, okay. No <laughs> it problem. Was, it was a small independent label. Sweet, though. I mean, that would be fucking a really, really exciting fucking thing to see. Well, yeah, I was stoked. You know, I'd spent the last, you know, six months playing with these guys who, you know, hashing out these tunes and... uh Anyway, the, the next day rolls around. I can't get into the MySpace again. I start wondering, well, something's up. So I text, you know, the other bandmates. Nobody responds. And I get a response around 10 o'clock that night, finally. And the drummer calls me. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, it's, you know, nothing personal, bro. But, uh, you know, we're just going to go with someone else. And, and I got fired from this band that's so fucked man well they did it in such a bitch way though with I, ghosting you like that that's fucked anyway <laughs> uh I, i've actually maintained friendships with the guys they're they're not bad guys it's something against them it was just not a cool way it, to go it wasn't it. it wasn't a good fit musically i don't think and, understandably uh, i've been there actually no the music, the music was fine it was it was a, a personal uh issue between the singer and i that i mean oh. we, didn't, we didn't work well together gotcha um and that's fine sometimes you can't so i i'm sitting at home and i'm just like fuck this i give up I give up. I'd spent, you know, 20 years of my life, you know, playing music, trying to get to where I'm at and I get shit canned. And, uh, after we get the call from about the record deal, you I know, know I was like, right. And I'm like, Oh my God, I was so just disheartened. So literally the next day, Omar calls me up and just out of the blue, I hadn't talked to him in better part of a year. And he says, Hey man, I just, uh, I wanted to see if you might be down to check out this project that I got going. I'm like, dude, I don't even want to fucking think about music. Yeah, for right sure. Now. Definitely. He goes, perfect. Cause it's not the kind of music you got to think about. <laughs> what a beautiful answer. <laughs> well, our, our band before was a little mathy and, uh, kind of screamo ish. Uh, you know, it was the early two thousands. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, so this one, was more like much more roots oriented just fun punk rock fuck yeah man i, mean, I, I couldn't more. say no when he's like you know it's not the kind of music you got to think about i'm like fuck how do you say no to that? <laughs> right exactly so we hooked up in this gym take a swig of this pendleton we hook up in this gym a boxing gym over in north portland we're crammed in this little room that i shit you not is maybe it was about wide enough to fit a, a you know a guitar 412 half stack uh, with maybe a foot on each side of it. And that's how wide the room was. And it was all of about 10 feet long, just this little teeny room. And, uh, we had drums wedged in there, you know, PA speaker, right, right in my ear. And, um, we, he had a couple of tunes kind of worked up and we worked well together already, you know, playing together. And, uh, I don't know, man. It was just like after the first few minutes, we all like stop and everybody just looked at each other like, did that just fucking happen? Nice, you know, what man. The fuck? I love those kinds of moments, <laughs> yeah, bro. The, the feeling is just like intense. Whenever it's like there's like a static vibration in the room when you're playing together and it's like you're in sync without even looking at each other. I love, love, love those moments, especially like in rehearsal. Like those are always the best ones. So within a few, uh, a few months, I think we had, um, shit can the first drummer and, and found this other drummer benny uh benny was awesome benny rodriguez nice benny uh, rodriguez east coast fool man he used to play in so the, his name was actually benny rodriguez yes dude do you know who else is benny rodriguez that's uh the main like cool guy on the sandlot 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, okay. it, was they called him Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. As, as soon as you said that, I thought you were joking. Well, he's, he's Puerto Rican as well. That's awesome. From the East Coast. Hell, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, we had Benny for the first couple of years, our first uh, EP that we put out. Um, and he he had to move on. And Benny played what again? Drums. Drums, okay. Nice. Well, he also played guitar and could sing. And, you know, I mean, he was a really talented guy. Uh, I'm actually learning. Harmonica? Yeah, that's yeah. Not, not as easy as you might think. <laughs> I'm picking it up quickly. Maybe cool. we'll, I'll jam on it a little bit. <laughs> so then, uh, let's see. Um, first, in, or I mean, uh, rendered useless. The name came about uh, in an interesting way. Uh, Brad, uh, the singer. Well, anyway, Brad, Caleb, and I, Caleb, Omar, <coughs> and uh, Benny on drums. And then uh, that was about the first year was drum Benny. And then we got Matt, Matt Danger, who's the current drummer, I believe. And uh, possibly, well, he's been the drummer about two or three times okay. since. <laughs> uh, let's see, shortly after I stopped playing with him in 2013, I think, 2012, um, uh, Matt and Omar both quit. And uh, it was kind of cool because some kids that uh, we'd played a bunch of shows with, friends from... Uh, town where most of the guys grew up um i mean these cats freaking loved us we were (laughs) like their favorite band right and their guitarist and bass player uh got to take our spots oh shit yeah and and be the band they actually got to play with them uh (laughs) which is fantastic i mean it's awesome yeah Uh, no shit what was really funny is when he called me like ahead of time he's like bro i just want you to know i don't want like any kind of weird and i'm like dude are you kidding me <laughs> i mean i'm stoked for you man that's fucking that's awesome. awesome that's awesome <laughs> that's that's good on you though man that that's actually a big you know that shows that shows character really well that shows that you were like weren't being all petty and shit that's what's up man well no no for i didn't i never got fired from uh from rendered useless um i i had to stop playing due to my health uh i was experiencing some neurological problems oh okay time. my bad no no it's all good um well it's, it's better now i should say uh, no, the guys had a, a freaking uh, benefit concert for me to raise money for my bills and stuff. That's fucking dope, they man. moved my house for me when I was in the hospital. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean. Well, just, going through what you guys fucking been through, I mean, it will get you closer. <laughs> so you guys, uh, so how did the name come about? Okay, so Brad and Caleb went to this party. And uh, on the TV at the party was some adult film. Right? Nice. You know, just playing at the party. And. He said that, I mean, it was a DVDA. I'm not sure if you, are you familiar? Uh, you could Google that DVDA. DVDA? DVDA. Double vaginal, double anal. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Brad, like when he walks in, apparently this chick had just gotten done and it's like, <laughs> and he goes, oh my God, that bitch has been rendered useless. And then he looks at Caleb and he's like, huh? band name. And that's where we got the name. That's fucking cool, <laughs> man. That is that is a really awesome story. Because that is a that is a really really cool band name. Rendered useless. Like I don't know. Like it's and your guys's logo looks really cool. It fits the music really well. Like it, it's such a punk rock name. Like, See the logo stuff. We can thank. Um, okay, well, flash forward. We we'd had this drummer Scoots. Scoots is Canadian. We can't make his name's Scott. So of course we call him Scoot. Okay, because he's Canadian. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, I he got didn't that. think it was so funny, but get- <laughs> oh, here, hit this man. He's he's not a bad fields. guy. Ooh, here I'll trade. You. Okay, so uh, it became apparent quite quickly that Scott was not a good drummer. 
This is courtesy of Khalifa over on Oregon City on Malala Avenue. Shout out to uh, Khalifa. It's a for the carb. What's that? It's a pull. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's a pull carb. Yeah. All right, all right hold on. Mm-hmm. You're good. Pause for the cause. Some of the regular background noises that we hear on the hippie speedball. <laughs> <coughs> oh, boy. <coughs> so, stuff is like really fucking stony. Holy moly. You can feel it in your eyes real quick. I know. I just got pie eye. Like, right. Super stony, right? You want to hear the craziest <laughs> thing? The percentage? 14.5 <coughs> of THC. What's it got for CBD? Uh, CBD uh, low. Super low. Not even not even <laughs> registered. It's got fantastic terps. In Dude, it, I know. The terpene profile is amazing. That is one of the little... Very flavorful. Yeah, like the that. cannabinoid system is amazing because the THC like numbers aren't everything. But continue we, before we go off subject. <laughs> so we, we had to fire at Scott. Uh, it, it was just bad, and I don't want to go into details. Whatever the guy had some issues in his life, he's he's better it is now. What it is. It's all good. This is fucking fifteen, uh, twelve years ago, something like that. Um, so Brad had been working over on the coast, and we stop in one day. I should say Brad and I were working on the coast. Or wait a minute, I don't know if I was Brad. No, I wasn't with Brad when he met Benny. Anyway, he was on the he was working on the coast. I worked with him <laughs> at times. This was not one of those times. Um, he stops off on uh, West Burnside at the Matador uh, to grab a drink. Um, you know, after he's done working, he's on his way home. You know, he's going to stop by the bar and get a drink. And he's pissing and moaning because we just fired Scott. And, uh, we had no drummers. So we were like dead in the water. We've got these tunes that we knew were freaking gold, you know? And, um, he's literally just, you know, crying in his beer kind of thing. And the waitress, I think said, you know, the bartender over plays drums. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me or something? I, Brad could tell the story so much better than me. <laughs> uh, cause that's when we met Benny mm-hmm. and, um, damn dude, that guy was fucking awesome uh unfortunately he had some legal issues mm. that dented him up out of the country oh yeah <laughs> as it happens sometimes he's, he's canadian now okay okay gotcha <laughs> yeah, he, he got out <laughs> well you know and and i cannot fault the man you know uh, no for sure you got to do what you got to do forget I, about I, it to this day i do not know what it is that he had to leave for uh no do we need to know and it's all good man he's he's an awesome freaking human being i can tell you that much hell yeah <laughs> Fuck the government. (laughs) Well, that's what we're all pretty much saying these days. Definitely just got to change. But go ahead. Continue, man. You have this uh, bartender drummer. Yeah. 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 So Benny uh, starts playing drums and that's when it sort of blew up. Um, The owner of what was uh, your first show like? The owner of the Matador uh, was a friend, uh, a guy named Casey. Uh, Casey was one of the MCs in the Buttery Lords, which is a local uh, geek hip hop type. Okay. Uh, band they've been around for a long time um they occasionally pop up from once in a while i don't know the if they're buttery doing, lords the buttery lords okay have to check them out oh yeah uh it was, maybe it's like a lame portland answer to uh the beastie boys or something i don't know fuck yeah man, that's awesome are you good um but uh casey he asked uh one second sorry about that little pause go ahead and continue with what you were saying buddy i'm sorry <laughs> so after we got Benny in the band, uh, he was a bartender at, um, the Matador on Burnside and the place was legend. It's been, there was a bar for something like 105, 106 years. 
Damn. 20th and Burnside. Shit. The um, Matador? The Matador. Okay. It, it's no longer in existence. Uh, part of the, I guess you could call it the housing bubble thing, but it's not. It's a different thing. Um, there was some legal loopholes in, I guess, these old leases that people had in Portland. Okay. And Portland has more corner real estate than any other city its size. Really? Yes. More corner. Okay. They did this on purpose. They made short blocks so that there would be more corners oh. because everybody wants that corner real estate. Oh, I never knew that, man. That's Think crazy. It. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Well, they had a pretty good opportunity with the city burned down uh, way back when mm-hmm. and they had to relocate the town. Um, so what is now Forest Park used to be the uh, the hubbub of downtown. And that's why all the buildings in Southwest Portland or Northwest Portland are older. Okay. Uh, and the further South you go on the waterfront there, the, the buildings get newer. Uh, anyway, old Portland history. Yeah. It was a fire. Yeah. They had to cut down all the trees. That's why we're called stump town. Yeah. See, I knew that. Yeah. I did know the stump town uh, thing. Puddle town because trees stop erosion. Yeah. Okay. And when they were all gone, we got a lot of mud puddles. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I didn't know that about puddle town. Uh, so, and then bridge town because yeah. of course we have so many bridges and, uh, the Rose City actually came about much, much later. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, Casey that owned the bar down there, him and some other friends, and uh, Benny got us our first show was basically there. It was Benny's birthday party. And uh, so all the regulars from the bar, basically, um, I think we had mm, 60, 80 people there, maybe. And uh, half a dozen songs. Nice. Five or six songs, maybe. Nice. Did you guys play any covers? Uh, no. Oh, okay. We just played through our shit two or three times. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Well, we rocked it out, and then we'd all chill for a while, play some pool, and then we set back up and play again, you know, and we're just sitting, you know, scooted the pool tables aside and, you know, played in the corner. And Okay. Uh, but the response was, like, just like when we were in that little room. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, what the fuck just nice, happened? Man. Oh, my God. And it, it took off from there. Um, a big thing uh, downtown there is, um, of course, football or soccer. You know, we had the Portland Timbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the pregame party stuff, you know, the the stadium's just right down the street. Yeah. Um, literally a few blocks. Oh, hell yeah, exactly. And then you would have all the pregame people yeah, getting so their people pints. And, every, and uh, that morphed into uh, we played the uh, season opener party for the fan club, um, uh, Fighting 106. Uh, various uh, soccer club fan clubs. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking awesome, man. Uh, well, the song, and that's probably yeah. Was, uh, that, that's Rose City, our city, exactly. Um, which is what we used in the intro, right? It's a here's to the Timbers Army and the Fighting yeah, One Hundred Six. Yeah, here's yeah, to yeah. all I the love Portland that boys fucking that stand song, up and resist. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, that's all kind of a trip. We wrote that about that. That know? is fucking <laughs> cool, man. I um, didn't. That's a sweet ass history on that song. Oh, dude, dude, we had a blast, you know, playing those parties too. Uh, the contact I had back then was a guy named Wookie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember his real name, but he was, he was cool as shit. If anybody knows Wookie, shout out to Wookie. Wookie's awesome. Fuck yeah. What's up Wookie, <laughs> man. So, um, I'm curious what got you into punk rock in general, man? Well, I, I, we touched on this the last time briefly. Uh, I said Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Okay. Um, because of the the era that I was introduced to punk rock. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what got me into music was my mom's forty fives. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, you were talking about the old like Motown and the old like uh, well, no, well, no, 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 the old like rockabilly and rock, like yeah. rockabilly rock and roll. Um, and See, I'm all Buddy about Holly that, and the Crickets man. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I would I would listen for hours, man. I just put yeah. on 
we had this old Sony, mm-hmm. you know, stereo with big old huge speakers and shit. My mom was a bit of an audiophile, you know, she, That's lo- cool, she loves man. music. See, I, I got into that stuff because I was, uh, you know, I like, I actually, I grew up with the movie La Bamba. Right. Like about Richie Valens. Right. And also the movie Cry Baby with Johnny Depp. Nice. So when I was a kid, like uh, my epitome of cool was Cry Baby and John Connor on Terminator 2. Like nice. I wanted to be a combination of those two guys. Like that was like exactly what I thought was the coolest thing in the world. So then when I saw like La Bamba and I watched all these movies about the rockabilly, like all the singers and stuff like that, I was just like, holy shit, these guys dress like just like they did on Cry Baby. And I was like, and they have like, you know, the greaser look and that like that whole thing. And then I started getting into the rockabilly music and then which kind of transferred after i got into punk my love of rockabilly and then the punk and then i realized that they kind of like went hand in hand through the psychobilly scene and then right, i started right. getting into that sort of stuff like listen to like the coffin cats and the necromantics oh, and coffin you know cats. and then also not necessarily just uh psychobilly but then like horror rock in general you know because you also have like the misfits and then like um have you ever heard like uh teenage zombies you, you uh know, or frankenstein know, drag queens from you, planet 13 you know we played with them who Frankenstein drag queens misfits oh nice nice dude tell me about that bro oh it was terrible oh really I'm oh sorry. it was it was not a great show okay we'll talk about that off the air uh, I, guess. I mean it was uh of course I think Danzig was supposed to be on the tour and then they'd had like some kind of a falling out or some shit and then you know it's Jerry and um it was Jerry they, and they're, the Super they're, they're legend dude and I don't want to say any shit about any of them because no, the misfits are fucking amazing they're, they're that's fantastic. what got me into punk rock was the misfits uh, that tour was not the greatest for them. They didn't have the greatest time. I don't think. Oh, okay. Was, and, was Doyle on that one or was that when he was with like a gorgeous Frankenstein? No, I think it was, it was Jerry. It wasn't Doyle. Uh, oh, okay. So it was just Jerry and uh, the other two. Yeah. I can't even remember their names. Yeah. I can't remember their uh, names either. One of the other bands that was on had like dropped off and it was at Burbati's uh, pan before they closed. Okay. And uh, there's downtown uh, just around the corner from the Ash Street Saloon, which is also not there anymore. I know. That was unfortunate, dude. I saw Calabrese at the Ash Street Saloon. I loved that place. Dude, we did a show with Guttermouth there once. Oh, my God. Dude, the Ash Street is a fun place to go to Ridiculous. shows, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Have you ever listened to Calabrese? Uh, maybe they're a three piece like a horror punk band over mm-hmm. out of um, I think they're they're out of Arizona I think out of Phoenix or Tucson nice but yeah they're they're like these three brothers and they're just a three piece and they fucking uh, huh. go and they're actually like brothers you have to like text me that so I don't forget it yeah I'll just text you right now actually they're fucking awesome like they're uh, I saw them and I actually got a meet the uh, lead singer outside and it was really fucking cool. And then I befriended the, um, the, there was a bar that was right next to the Ash street saloon. Um, I can't remember what it was called, uh, but they had like a stage there and they had like performers and shit like that sometimes on the, on the, on third or the, on second. Which so, direction? so, okay. Ash so, street was in the middle. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of in the middle. So if you were going down, so if you were out, out the doors of the Ash street going to the right, Oh, okay. So yeah, I I know. So it was just a, around that corner, right? A little there. higher end bar. You had like yes, yeah, nicer yeah, yeah, clientele yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I had went in there earlier in the night before they were charging people like to go in before there was like, you know, it was just kind of like really low key. And I ended up like, uh, befriending the bouncer because I was hanging outside and just like smoking a black and Sweet. mild and shit. And then later on in the night, whenever that place started getting popping, I was talking to Bobby Calabrese outside, uh, the fucking outside the ash street and then um like they were supposed to go on and everybody was kind of waiting for him but he had to take a piss and i guess like the line in the bathroom at the ash street was way too long 
And so then I was like, well, maybe the uh, maybe we can go next door. And he was like, I'm not waiting that fucking line. And I was like, well, let me go talk to the bouncer. He's kind of my homeboy tonight. And so I just walked over. I was like, hey, man, my boy's playing in the band next door and he needs to use a pisser, but the line's too long. Do you mind if we just pop in real quick? And he was like, yeah, sure. And he just opened up the fucking rope for us Sweet. and we got it. I felt so awesome because all the people in line were like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and like, And then we got in and then me and him stayed, ended up having a beer and watched this belly dancer. That was on stage, dude. And it was cool because she came out with this dude and the dude just sat on stage. He had a fucking sitar with a little amplifier. And then on the amplifier, he had an incense holder and he just lit the incense and played the sitar while she fucking danced around the whole fucking bar. And it was like really dancers quite dude. It's hypnotic. (laughs) It's hypnotic. I actually like belly dancing more than strippers. Like I actually like that way, way more. Luckily, my girl is really good at belly dancing. You ever been to like uh, it's not there anymore either. The Greek cuisina. Oh yeah, dude, the Greek, yeah. yeah, with the giant fucking octopus outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, dude. And they would do belly dancing every once in a while, like upstairs and stuff. I mean, you're just eating your meal. You know, one of the main reasons they got closed down. I thought they lost their lease. Like uh, Casey lost his. Uh, well, uh, well, I know that. Like, well, probably what didn't help them close down. I don't know if it was the reason, but I know that they were tied up with like organized crime and shit like that. Like it was like there was like the a big article that God, was like, made on. about them. The best goddamn tiramisu you've ever had in Fuck your yeah, life, bro. Fuck yeah. Baklava. Fuck yeah. I was going to say, their baklava oh. was, oh my oh. God, it was off the fucking charts. And their shawarma was super good. Dude, I and used to get fucked the, up if downtown the owner, and eat If their the shawarma. owner offers you a shot of ouzo, you take it. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day when downtown was a lot more fun to be at before it became oh like a war God. zone of political righteousness. We went there one night and uh, the, the owner was celebrating something. I don't know. And he just comes out. He gets, gets all these people dancing. Hell yeah. And the, the music's just going crazy. And I mean, we're just sitting here, you have family having dinner, you know, and and he comes and makes everybody take a drink. That's awesome. Uh, you know, and at the time I didn't drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I took the drink. Well, okay. Well, there you go. He made it quite. You didn't want to be like, rude. No, 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 you take the drink. <laughs> uh, and you know, and he pulls everybody up. I didn't. You can't understand. Turns out he was, gave you guys all ayahuasca. He was speaking in. <laughs> well, it was uh, watered down. Um, I guess that's the way they drink. Uh, they drink it in Greece. Is um, uh, ouzo they mix with water. Oh, okay. And it's meant as an aperitif, usually like interesting uh, after or before a meal. Okay. Um, so you would rarely ever drink it full strength. Okay. I mean, there's times that you do, and there's different drinks that they make, but in general, it was like a he had a big old pitcher, and you know, there's the the hint of ouzo in it, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get hammered. It's meant for you know everybody have a good time kind of thing, and uh, yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Oh my god, dude, that sounds like fun, dude. And like, I love that. Um, like for some reason when you're drunk downtown it seems like the only places that are open are chinese food or mediterranean well we got the like, carts though nowadays exactly so. that's what i'm saying it, but it was those carts that always seemed to be the ones that were open it was like some sort of like pad thai or chinese food or like some sort of mediterranean like there's fucking shawarma all up and down like fucking ash street and the and best also um up and down oh my god like grand area and then there's the uh, there's the one that's on 10th and alder N- nicholas right over yeah. there on grand yeah yeah, yeah yeah fantastic and, and um or MLK or whatever it is. Yeah. Actually, my homegirls are really big. I've never eaten at Nicholas's, but I hear a lot about it. I've actually never eaten there. Have you ever eaten at Big Bertha's on Hawthorne? Hawthorne? Hawthorne and what? It's on uh, 52nd and Hawthorne, right there at the end, right where it splits off right there. Maybe. Dude, it's really good. It, uh, it's, I think they changed the name now, but it used to be a Euro place called Big Bertha's. Actually, my homeboy, Jake, um, uh, he did something like super bad in 2012 that was all over the news and shit like that. My homeboy, Ooh. Jake, used to work there. I used to go and kick it with him. Homeboy, Jake. Yeah, he actually, so um, I guess I can talk about this. I, I might it know was, him. Uh, his name is Jake Roberts. 
um, he actually was not the, Jake uh, the Snake. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't Jake the Snake. Awesome. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that would have been sweet. But no, um, he actually was the uh, Clackamas Town Center shooter. I knew his aunt. What's that? I know his aunt. Oh, you know you knew Tammy? Yes. Oh, no shit. Yeah, dude, I knew Jake really, really well. Like I, I, I had no, I knew. I, I'm not gonna say I was close with the guy, but I mean, we definitely knew who each other were, kind of thing. Yeah, I got, I got, I got. Uh, he was a kid back then, though. I mean, I got opinions on Tammy for sure. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't associate with any of that crowd anymore. Good, 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 good for you. Good for you. Uh, but yeah, not that, that was, I ever really did. I just, that was a really. That I was, knew her. Yeah, I, I know. I, I was not friends with her. I knew her. Yeah, that was a really crazy. That was a really crazy incident, man. Because seeing your friend's face on the news for something that you like heard of like that, and it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, it took us all really by surprise, and I didn't talk yeah. about it for like a year. Like right. it took me a long time to even just talk about it i firmly believe it it's got roots in medication definitely oh definitely man because also that's a pattern in all Uh, these different things like from kinkle on yeah from exactly from kinkle from before then too well he was the first one where they spoke up like hey this kid was on these pills yeah maybe maybe it was these pills it's even wasn't the guy that shot up the uh uh, he was the first one thurston high school yeah uh, just outside of eugene yeah just yeah exactly or by springfield or something right no no it wasn't springfield i spent about two hours talking to them young man once no shit yeah that's crazy out at uh mclaren before they moved him to adult prison oh really it was uh it was it was kind of cool what a what a waste of a of a life yeah um, Probably the, tons the of the guy is incredibly smart. Uh, and I think at that point he already had two college degrees. That's fucking crazy, man. Um, and he was uh, 25 years old mm. and for something that he did when he was 15 and he was being forcibly medicated. Yep. Um, so I mean, the- to, just to hear it from him, the way that he tells it, he's like, you know, he goes, I'm, I'm not that person, you know? And it's, he, it's it's sad. I mean, it's really kind of sad that uh, our penal system works that way. Yeah, um, definitely, man. Not and that he didn't need to get some help. Yeah, uh, but but I think they, but he was a kid. Yeah, the connection with the medication actually, like, really can date back even like previous to then. Because wasn't the guy who shot Prozac, up the um, wasn't the guy who shot up the college in Texas from the clock tower? Wasn't he like on some sort of medication? Because he was a vet, I think, the nineteen fifties. Uh, yeah, nineteen fifties or sixties. Like everybody was on something. Yeah. So I I know he was like a vet and he had like, you know, like, uh, like, but I think he had amphetamines was one of the most widely prescribed substances in the nation. Exactly. So like, and I had heard that, um, Oh wait, no, no, no. His wasn't medication. He had like a brain tumor. That's right. When they did the autopsy, they found like a brain tumor or something like that, that he had. I don't recall specifically. Like I remember reading something about it, but it was, uh, yeah, those are, those, that's crazy shit, man. (laughs) Especially when you see your friend that's fucking like involved with, with it and then what's really intense is like something they don't warn you about and i thought about actually trying to do like an episode of the podcast about this because i want to kind of get other people whose friends did like terrible things but right. it wasn't like you know it, I, I have a few stories exactly right <laughs> but um and so it's like it you hear these things and you everybody's talking about them on the news and everybody's saying that these, these things and you know what they did was terrible but you know it wasn't the person that you know and so it's like, whose side are you on? Like, you know what they did was terrible, but you also know that that wasn't the guy you know. Like, that wasn't the person that you met. That wasn't the guy that was kicking at my room learning to play guitar when we were 13 years old, you know? Strangely enough, um, we rendered useless. I wrote a song. Um, Omar wrote the song, I should say. And uh, it's called Fare Thee Well. Okay. It's on the album. Um I think I saw that one on there. Yeah. It was I about a, a good friend of Omar's that he grew up together. They were good friends. And, uh, the friend was drunk, driving drunk 
and crashed the car and killed like his buddy. Oh shit, right? man. And the song is basically about a letter that he wrote to the mom from prison. Mm. Uh, you know, cause he got, uh, I don't remember 15 years, I think for, you know, that's well, crazy. Aggravated vehicular for sure. Definitely, man. I know it's, I know it's going to happen, but it's just like, damn um, man, what a, what a waste. Yeah. It was kind of sad, but the, uh, the song, uh, the, the stance that the guy takes in the song or the letter is that, you know, how could I, I can't say that he can't say, sorry, he can't say that he's sorry because that, that that's, it was hollow or whatever. Um, I'm trying to recall the lyrics and it's like escaping me at the moment, but, uh, my mom taught me right. So fairly well, mm. um, he, he was not going to reach out to the woman and, uh, give her the like indignity of, of trying to apologize or make it somehow about him. Mm. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, because he knew that he had fucked up. He killed his friend and it was his fault. And he was not going to say, I'm sorry or apologize. How could you seek forgiveness for something like that? Yeah, exactly. Like what words can you even use? Right. Like in that sort of situation. So he wrote a letter to the mom and uh, basically saying, you know, and my mom, I learned all this stuff basically. And my mom taught me right. Mm. So fairly well. Damn. dude. Uh, you know, he, he laid out the changes that he was, he, he hoped to make in his life and things like that. And I mean, it was a, you know, a pretty long letter, but the song of course just paraphrases it a little, but mm-hmm. uh, the sentiment was there, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've had multiple friends, you know, kill other friends even. Yeah. Uh, things like that. I yeah. Mean, I've had some friends who some really fucked up things. I got friends serving time in a few different places right now. And it's, and that's one thing that people need to realize is when you have friends that are serving time, reach out to them, let them know oh. that you're thinking about them. You don't know how important it is for them to hear from people from the outside I mean, because it's just, it means the world to them just definitely. to get a letter with your name on it. Yeah. Mail. Like exactly, like just go to old-fashioned snail mail. And you hear your freaking name or your number or whatever. Exactly. Then yeah, you're so stoked. Exactly. Or they come and drop it off, and you look on that envelope, and they see your name. Like, could you imagine the joy you're gonna put in that person's fucking heart when they (laughs) hear from one of their friends from the outside? It's like it's something that like people ignore when their friends are in prison, and honestly, it breaks my fucking heart because you you shouldn't forget (laughs) about them just because like they fucked up on something. You know, like I have friends that are serving time right now that like yeah, they did something terrible, but it didn't make them terrible people they got caught up in a fucked up situation sure or they got completely screwed like i have a friend of mine she's serving time right now and she's actually pretty much got enough evidence for a defamation suit against the media because they mm. actually completely lied about her story and unfortunately uh, they do that all the time it, i know and this was actually my first experience with it because i knew oh, what really happened right and then i saw what they were saying and what really pissed me off is i knew a lot of people that just straight up turned their back on her like and it was like one of those situations that was like like it was it really just angered me that nobody bothered reaching out and saying like, hey, what happened? And they just went off the fucking what the media said. Well, it doesn't and, really matter because I'm sure people did. Yeah. But the media is not going to go with the same rational compassion or the truth even because like what they were saying was literally not even what happened. Right. Like it was crazy. Like Bec- they want they go for headlines. Exactly. Sensationalism. It's clickbait. They need to sell fear. Yeah. But going back to what we were saying, it's just so important to reach out to the people that are serving time because like that you need to let them know that you're not like they're not forgotten because like they're they're fucking their emotions are eating them alive. 
while they're inside there. Like, and it's like, it's so important in my eye. So if you're listening to this and you have people serving time, look up their numbers. It's all public information. You can find out what their number is, where they're at. And all you got to do is just send them a fucking letter. It's very, very easy to do and just do it because it's so important to them. Definitely reach out to your homeboys or your homegirls if they're serving time. And if you do this, I would strongly recommend just be honest with them in whatever you care to write exactly be very honest with them and then even if some time has passed let them know that even though time has passed that they haven't left your mind like you know well, because they also understand that life happens fast on the outside there and could then be a good number of up. people out there though that might not want to talk to people in jail you know yeah true true for, for various reasons i uh, did just throw that out as a disclaimer well yeah definitely <laughs> definitely well yeah i mean uh, this is granted if you don't want to go off on a tangent if you have a friend that you want to reach out to of course right, like not right, saying right. anybody yeah I'm like saying my, my girlfriend's brother uh he gets in trouble with the law here and there and stuff and mm-hmm. like you know last time he was in prison he you know he reached out to us uh when he got out we, we were able to keep him for a couple of weeks you know before he went back in his ways or whatever but at the same time you know, you got to be there for people too. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Cause I mean, people deserve chances, you know, I mean, they do mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody fucks up, everybody fucks up. And sometimes you just get caught up. Like you can't really like, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, believer that like, I'm a big believer that it's, you know, ignorance can only really be blamed on external factors because like, if you, if you don't really know any better, of course you're not going to do anything else. So it's like, unless you surround yourself with the people that are going to uplift you in the proper ways, you're just going to kind of keep falling into these patterns. Yeah. It's a very hard habit to break. And it's a very hard thing to realize. And I've oh, had no points shit. where it's like, you know, it took me a long time to realize who I should and shouldn't put myself around. Well, yeah. And I mean, of course, like you said, uh, sometimes you find yourself in a bad place, the wrong place, wrong time kind exactly. of Exactly. And uh, sometimes you're just going out with some friends and somebody fucking start shit with you. You start a fight with like they start a fight with you. You defend yourself. You accidentally knock them unconscious. They fall back, hit their head on the concrete. Right. Boom. That's a fucking major assault charge that you could get. It's funny you would say that. I had an f- exact scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it happens. We quickly. were playing a show, and it was a, a bro at the show. Got a little rowdy with his his girl. Ends up getting kicked out of the bar. You know, there's a bit of drama. Finally, you know, we're all outside. And he's leaving with his chick. You know, they're going to go home, sleep it off kind of thing. And we see, you know, halfway down the block, he just starts wailing on her. Mm. And it's like, oh, hell no. Yeah, for real. So literally, you know, 10 guys all go running right down there. And uh, a a friend, I'm not going to mention his name, but a friend got there first, you know, dropped his skateboard and said, hey, and dude turns around. He just, bam, popped him once. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, the guy's head uh, went back and there was a, a, like a pipe or fitting like a big, you know, bolt sticking out from the side of the wall, basically. And it put a, you know, half dollar size hole in the back of his head. Uh, he didn't die, but I mean, he dropped to the ground and then the blood was just, it's like, Oh shit. You know? And my, my friend ended up going to prison for three years for doing that. That's fucking crazy. Uh, defending, a girl from you exactly know, her ass. Well, but and unfortunately, in the eyes of the laws, he came to him and assaulted him, like well, because he wasn't the one getting attacked. Actually, uh, but they probably the, lessened it because of the scenario. Exactly. The, the the other factors did play in, in exactly, this case, which was not good. It's good <laughs> when you have a judge like that that can see the reality of the scenario. Uh, unfortunately, the friend that did this had a past already, mm-hmm. so they kind of went a little hard on him. Do you ever hear about the guy uh, who re- walked in on a babysitter, like, touching his son? 
Ooh. And he beat the fuck out of the guy. Like it was like some like neighborhood person. And I he like and he like whoop, no. dude. When you look at the mugshot of the guy with like you like it's almost unrecognizable. Like his face is completely swollen. And you would listen to the nine one one call. He's like, yeah, I got him nice and fucking whooped. And he's like, I whooped his ass. I got him nice and beat right here for you. Like and the judge like literally was just like, all right, I ain't gonna give you nothing. You did exactly what every father would do in that situation. Like he literally just got like the coolest judge in the world. So no I think he got up. like I think he got like uh, like probation and community service or something like that for it. But no, he fucked this dude up like and in for yeah damn good reason yeah, well pedos have it coming to him exactly sorry. well that's why they can't even put him in the prison population going back to that you know like that's why they can't even put him in there because they'll just deal with them in there and for damn good reason they should those are the people that i have zero 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 patience or tolerance for yeah like yeah, i can't creepy shit. there's there's no reason for that and those people should just be gone well, yeah I, i'm a dad i have been Same for here most you know, of we my both life got daughters <laughs> we both got daughters uh although i'm oh by the way i'm a grandfather Congratulations! Yeah. It happened, Weiss, uh, man. That's what's up. Go ahead, and hit that bong, bro. I, uh, uh, my grandson was born on the third of November. Nice. What's his name? Jackson. Jackson. Shout out to little Jackson. Welcome to the world, little buddy. Oh, uh, he's he's cool as shit. Wait till uh, he listens back on this when he's grown up. He's all, like, "That's grandpa." With all this COVID crap, though, I had to actually sneak into the hospital that's, to uh, to see him. That's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, here you go. I'll show you. This is his very first view of grandpa right here. Nice. He was asleep when I got there, and he, I'm like, "Hey, buddy, hey, buddy!" And he opened his eyes. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, he's a cute. Oh yeah, he's super cute. That's awesome, bro. Congratulations, man. Thank That's you. dope. My my uh my parents are so so psyched about being grandparents. Like they they like they just fucking love it, dude. You're gonna enjoy the shit out of it. Like I'm super psyched for you. You're gonna be the coolest grandpa in the world. Like I mean, like I mean, look at you, man. Like you're all like tatted up and shit. I was shit. telling my daughter like, and said, "You understand that I get to buy him like cool punk rock clothing and shit, right? Right, <laughs> right? dude. <laughs> Juniper loves, uh, dude. Uh, so so Juno loves punk. Like she actually really loves punk rock. And when she was a baby. I used to push her in this stroller and the stroller uh, actually it was a gift that somebody gave me and the stroller had like the like speakers that you could hook up to your phone like connected to the stroller so you could just like listen to music while you're pushing it. And so um, I would be listening to the music. And then one time I had like this punk playlist and I was listening to like all my music on shuffle and it jumped to um, one of the songs on that playlist. And it was Bloodstains by Agent Orange. Oh, nice. And Juniper literally sat. She like sat up in her fucking uh, stroller and just started shaking her fist. Like when she heard the like when she heard that like and then that became like one of her favorite songs and then she also loves Joan Jett she loves fucking the Misfits like when nice. I play hybrid moments like she'll be like uh, she'll actually ask me she's like Daddy can you put on that song scream scream with me <laughs> like so she freaking loves that song to, to backtrack just a little bit um, Ronald Reagan the, the 1980s yeah uh, this is when I was introduced into punk rock to punk rock. And the the band that first did it for me, um, actually, it was like a mixtape I think I'd gotten from some friends. Sweet. And I, I don't remember the names of the bands, but it's like, oh, my God, this is great. So then I started seeking out, you know, I go into record stores and, and finding more punk rock. And uh, the first one that did it for me, of course, was the Dead Kennedys. Hell yes, man. I uh, love the Dead Kennedys. Fresh fruit for rotten vegetables. Yes, dude. I used to own that CD, man. I yeah. listened to I, used to I burnt the fuck out of that CD, man. Uh, and what sealed it, I think, is when I actually heard Jello's like spoken word stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it blew me away, dude. Honestly, yeah, it was his super intelligent. Yeah, he's very, <laughs> very intelligent. I'm like, so wait, you can be 
crazy or whatever, you know, get this angst out of you or whatever it is that's in me, you know, this music thing. Yeah. And you can be smart too. Yes, exactly, man. Exactly. And that was a great thing about the Dead Kennedys and those 80s bands is they had way more intelligence like behind well, like the, their You can't you can't I mean uh not all of them, but there was a the, lot of the level of intelligence behind a band like Blink-182 actually. Oh yeah. It it's it's very tongue in cheek. That's a true. lot of their stuff, but you see, you have to have a certain level of intelligence and sense of humor and everything to appreciate that. In the of course, place. I do love Blink One Eighty Two. Like, I do like that stuff. Like, I, I, I mean, it's a little bit poppy. Saw them live; they were fantastic, dude. Uh, yeah, like their their music live is really good. Like, I have okay. So, Mark Hoppus isn't the greatest bass player in the world, but hey, neither am I. So it's yeah, all good, exactly <laughs> right. Well, you're pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're maybe not the greatest in the world, but you're fucking good. I fiddle around a little bit. Like you, yeah. Well, you, yeah. He sounds really good, man. That bass solo in the last one was fucking tasty, bro. Thank you. Like it was tasty. And honestly, that's actually one of our highest played episodes is Eddie Van Halen and Dude Cock. So if you guys are listening to this, check out Eddie Van Halen and the Dude Cock. Back whenever Trey was actually Mm co-hosting with me. Shout out to Trey. Trey, thinking about you, buddy. Hope you're doing good. And um, yeah, go back listen to that episode. Whenever he was on here, we fucking talked about music and rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Had a little bass solo. Trey and I had the DK thing and the Dead Kennedys thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. he has a dead Kennedy's tattooed yeah. on him. Yeah, he's got a DK you tattoo. Know, I, I heard uh, well songs like "Stealing People's Mail." Yeah. Now, your average parent in the 1980s, if they heard this, they'd be like, "That is insane! What is wrong with you people?" Blah blah blah. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god, that is hilarious!" Uh, oh, my personal film. No junk food, just earthly goods. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that. Weird one. berries <laughs> in the woods. Yeah, now I'm awesome. seeing colors. I'm getting higher. Think I'll start a forest fire. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking oh, dope, yeah. man. Yeah, mine was uh, the Misfits. The Misfits is what got me into punk rock because, oh. like, uh, they because I was a fan of the Cramps as well back then. I love the Cramps. <laughs> now when the sun goes down and the moon comes up, turn your pussy to the dog. I turn it to a teenage cuckoo mark. I love that shit. Were you a fan of like? But uh, I was going to oh, go ahead. What's go ahead. Up? No, you're fine. Uh, the uh, the misfits were what got me into there. And actually, it's funny because it wasn't even uh, it wasn't even Danzig misfits. It actually, it was Michael Graves misfits. Um, and actually, it was uh, Dig Upper Bones, that song, man, like because uh, my my friend Jake, actually, he died when I was 14. Rest in peace, Jake Geisler. He was uh, he was a really good friend of mine. He and I used to kick it back in like eighth grade and I was nice. like 13. That's when I got into punk. And yeah, um, same. same. Yeah. Yeah. Like and 12, that, 13. Exactly. What a perfect age. Yeah. I was like 12 or 13. I, no, actually. Yeah. Late. It's the late 12. The the the. The, the pinnacle of the teenage angst. Exactly. Period, yeah. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> if, you're, if you're old souls raiding. like us, if you're old souls like us, we go through that teenage angst pretty early on. I'm, I'm old, old, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we uh, he was always wearing Misfits T-shirts and shit like that. And I asked him about it. I'm like, dude, I fucking do love that shirt, man. Is that a band? And he was like, yeah, you never listened to the Misfits? And I was like, nah. And he was like, check them out, man. And so I like just Googled them and then dig up her bones. The music video was the first thing that came up. So you checked it out. And so then, yeah, I was like, I listened to it and I just heard that like nice. had that howl at the very beginning and then uh just that in that fucking chorus that 
point me to well, the, the sky the, above. The guitar tone is just... Dude, and like they were so it's much... indistinguishable from... I mean, you just like, Exactly. Wow. Like on Famous Monsters and American Psycho, those two albums, their guitar tone was... It, like They were so much like better musically sounding in those. Like They were so much like better produced. Like it was like... And some people thought they were overly produced, which I can get why some people would think that because Misfits always had this raw sound to them. But like... But when you look at like how much I, better it was structured... I'm and, a fan of like bad religions more produced stuff, same here you know? same yeah, here okay. exactly i like the more pennywise bad religion you like you know like or like the famous monster the so-called sound the so-called sound right exactly yeah. to where it's like you know you don't have to freaking have all like the background noise and there, there is a there is a space for that in yeah. the music for sure yeah but like the circle jerks exactly Perfect. right exactly or like bad brains <laughs> or MDC. like yeah exactly <laughs> and so if you have those kinds of bands that you know they have their spot but those two albums they were so well produced and they sound so amazing i mean fucking like that, that those first three notes and hell enough there's that yeah like in fucking and that those fucking lines if i cut off your arms and cut off your legs would you still love me anyway i don't nice. know how um what, what you had a ukulele oh yeah bro did you want to have a quick little jam session yeah maybe yeah maybe okay yeah let's know. do it man I, I'm actually just learning how to play and stuff like that, so I guess we can probably jam on a little something, something. I don't know how to play the ukulele. Oh, yeah, cool, man. I've, right. I've plinked around on banjo a little bit once, uh, maybe twice. Um, well, you know, like, yeah, guitar, I mean, like, it's weird because... The, should I put the mic down, or... Well, I'm going to actually just go ahead and say this real quick. It's weird because the um, the ukulele, like, it the, the way the chords, like, transcribe and everything like that is so much different, but I guess... Um, I guess I could have a, like a song real quick that I could probably do. Your mic fell. I know I dropped my mic. Whoops. And not in the cool way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that, that was like a super epic mic drop fail. Looks <laughs> like it's picking up okay on there. You gonna do the tiptoe through the tulips or something? Or? No, I was gonna do um, uh, what I got from Sublime. Oh, nice. What do you think? Should we do that one? You know, uh, what's the guy's name? The bass player, Eric something. Uh, Eric Wilson, bro. I am not that cool. Well, you could probably doodle something. It's just between a D and G. There's, so just... there's something uh, about like ska type bass music in particular, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever that comes from, you know, the its roots. Um, the phrasing is weird for me. Okay. And I don't know why, but it's all good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'd like to hear. Let's, Let's improvise. Okay. Okay, and I'm not the greatest singer, people listening, so just forewarning. What's okay? the first note? Uh, D. It's just D and G back and forth. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay, so. Early in the morning, rising to the street. Light me up that cigarette, and I strap shoes on my feet. Got to find the reason. Take your love and money, give it up for charity. That's what I got. Cause within my reach. 
reach And the surplus starts to straight from Long Beach It comes back to you, you better get what you deserve Try and test that, you better get some Lost what I got, don't start a riot You feel it when the dance gets hot, hot Love it, it's what I got I say remember that, love it That ending was perfectly in sync. That was beautiful, man. We didn't even look at each other when we did that, too. That was awesome. I was just listening. (laughs) Hey, that sounded cool, man. That was fucking dope. Hopefully the singing sounded okay. I got off key a couple times, but that's all right. Let me fix my microphone real quick. Bring this biatch back up. Yeah, and I've also been dabbling with the harmonica, too, man, lately. I'm not very good at it so far, but I can... I learned a few things. What's that in? Uh, D? Yeah, what's the harmonica? Uh, so the harmonica is in C, but it's C, played okay. for uh, for songs in G. Uh, so if you just kind of like do like a G, like little blue shuffle, like you know, like doom 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 doom, and G. Uh, so right here, yeah. I'm sorry, my bad. Keep going. Yeah, I'm not very good yet, but that was kind of cool, man. I kind of got it going there for a second, so I'm kind of kind of figuring it out a little bit. You know, luckily when you know those blues transitions, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, country's another easy one that you could do over that would be like. What is that? That sounds familiar. What is that? Uh, every country song ever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do like the little blues like actually it's like the the roots on i think of a, a rendered song but i mean it's also roots on you know 
a Johnny Cash song and probably yeah for sure songs, kind know, of that bouncy kind of a country sort of thing. Do you want to bring the mic back up so we can sign out real I quick, man? So we can. All right, bro. Thank you so much for fucking coming back, definitely, man. Definitely. That was fucking awesome coming you back to, here, man. The mic is about to fall off the table, though. Well, good timing, man. So let's go ahead and sign Perfect. out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Hippie Speedball Podcast. Hell My name yes. is Joe, and y'all have a great day. Take care, stay safe, and stay consistent, stay healthy. Happy Thanksgiving.